0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into a Splitting Hairs podcast special edition. Because I'm joined by the the boss of Jack Rabbit Illustrated. Who we are brought to you by Matt Tollefson, uh filling in with us on the B team here. Uh, ben has some some house closings too. Apparently, getting a new place to live is more important than talking with me, which I think is he needs to get his priorities straight. Mostly. But, so, Matt, how you doing? You had a whole saga this weekend. Uh I know life's nuts for you <laughs> and probably
1: even more than Ben, because you're having a articles too. Uh I and mean, how are you doing, man? Hey, good. Yeah. I am so excited I got to I get to connect with you because Sunday I was doing house stuff, Sunday night, so I didn't get to be on the show with Kyle uh in Dallas and Matt Zimmer, which yep. that was phenomenal, by the way. So uh thank you oh, so much, yeah. Matt Zimmer, for being on the show. Uh that was really, really good. Um, Kyle and Dallas oh. uh are always solid. So uh for those that don't know, uh my wife and I are buying a house as well. as Ben and his wife, and we're doing some remodeling, doing moving, uh having a rummage sale this weekend. So just like all sorts of fun. Um and yeah, so just here we are, and uh, yeah, and, and we got this phenomenal football game, so I'm excited for right. that. And before we get too far, Brendan, into the weeds here, um, you know, yeah. this weekend is Mother's Day, right? And it so is. we do need to say yeah. happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. You know, yes. uh your mom likes our stuff. My mom likes our she stuff. Does. So thanks, mom, moms. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah. Um, And you know all of our all of our spouses uh, for putting up with us as we do this uh, this silly show, yes. um, Yes. Where we invest way too much time to make zero dollars. But I I tell her, I tell my wife, it's our (laughs) investment back to the university. It's a gift. It's free promotion. So, yeah. Anyways, happy Mother's Day to all the moms. There it is.
0: (laughs) Yes, huge happy Mother's Day. Um, my mom always said if I was going to be on TV that I had to say hi, mom, to the camera. Uh, this doesn't probably count. <laughs> hi, mom. So, uh, <laughs> close enough. It's as close as I'm going to get now, babe. Yeah, right. So you had a saga coming down to Brookings. I only know <laughs> of it from text, and I only know of it from the impromptu sponsorship of the blog post on the review of the game. <laughs> How did that go down? What happened? How did it go so, down? So
1: everybody knows we can get this out of the way and clear the air. Yeah. So I'm I'm heading down. I live in Appleton, Minnesota, and usually head down through Clear Lake and hop on the interstate and get to Brookings. Well, I decided uh, to just take some back roads, had a little extra time. I was going to go to Lowe's before the game and uh, pick up some, some tools to, to remodel. And I'm about three miles north of Lake Hendricks, again, taking some different roads. And all of a sudden my tire light flashes on and I am i get out of my car and look and yep, that tire's hissing. Well, I can see a farm place just a quarter mile down the road. And so I get there, you know, still have like 13 pounds of air left in the tire <laughs> and back it up to the farmer's shed, go up and knock on his house door and say, Hey, uh, I'm headed to Brickings. I think I have a flat tire. Can I borrow your air compressor? <laughs> and he comes out and he looks at, he's like, ah you're going to need more than my air compressor. (laughs) Like, okay. So I got my donut out. He got out his, uh, his air gun and uh, we, his impact wrench and we got it off the tire, got the spare on. And about four minutes later, I was headed back down the road and I called my wife and said, Hey, I think I'm coming home. Uh, You know, I'm on a donut. Hopefully I can get home before kickoff. And she goes, well, you're closer to Brookings. Just go and stay at, stay at my brother's house. And I said, hey okay. don't need to be told twice <laughs> right. and so you know anyways like I, I'm, I'm uh I'm, I'm looking at my phone and i'm like how fast can i go on a donut like and they said the maximum speed is 50 miles an hour it's like okay i think it's printed on the outside right. of your donut too but anyways i went like 47 40- yeah i went 47 just to be safe and so from lake hendricks uh lake hendricks to brookings i got passed one time.
0: <laughs> obviously really. I didn't
1: take the interstate but that just shows you oh how few god. people are on the road but if i had taken my normal right. route i would have been on the interstate going 80 and my tire likely would have blown so thank god <laughs> yeah. i was uh i took i decided serendipity you know just taking a, a back road so yeah well and I then tell I, you so I woke from... up the next morning oh go ahead
0: I was going to say, I can tell you from prior experience, you can go 65 on a donut. Yeah. It's just a you know, little, if you want that adrenaline rush anyways.
1: Yeah. Ugh. And so anyways, I woke up the next morning and uh, Walmart wasn't open yet. Uh, tires, tires, tires wasn't open yet. But WW Tire opened at 730. And so I went to Lowe's and got my stuff, uh, grabbed a Taco John's burrito. <laughs> and you know how that Brookings Taco John's is like super like when you get out of it. Your bottom usually hits anyways. Maybe know, if you have a small yeah, car. Yeah. Yep. Uh, with a donut, it <laughs> ah. And so then I was the first person at WW for the day, and uh, they had to unlock the door for me. And he told me I needed an alignment, but anyways, while they were doing the tires, I uh, I, I wrote the blog on my phone. So there we are. <laughs> well, there we go. Now we know the rest of the story.
0: Uh, yeah. A lot more. A lot less fun. If the game didn't go well, which yeah, at the right. first half looked look looked like that of an angry night, but yeah. that really turned around. What a game to be
1: at! I, I still don't fully have my voice back. Yeah, it's uh man alive! I so watching some of the 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 SIU games between our blowout win and last week. I, I had been pretty impressed with how Stone Labanowitz was playing, uh, but I was just really blown away. I mean, he was really fitting that pass, the the ball, into some tight windows. Uh, there was that one oh, uh, when they yeah. were driving south, and it went through, like, Logan Backus's hands, like, or arms. Yes. Like, that never happens. And yeah. even in the first half when they were driving headed north, and he had pressure right in his face, and he kind of threw it off his back foot and threw – uh, I forget if it was if it was uh, Lenore or Avante Cox. He threw open, but he threw open one of those two receivers yep. heading across the middle for a first down, and it was like, okay, Stone's balling today. This is uh, this is gonna be uh, something to watch, and it was. He looked good for he's barely five he ten. He can't be five ten, and he looked great.
0: Right. So, I, I mean, I, I had a buddy down from up in Fargo who came down to the game to watch with us, and just because he's loves being in just really with goofy, hardcore fans, so shame. he's going the whole time. He's like he's like a poor, poor man's Johnny Manziel, like in college, not in the NFL. Like in college, he's like, <laughs> it's like a poor man Johnny Manziel, all game. He kind of was. I mean, yeah. Stone played lights out. Um, our secondary was a little suspect. I think. Um, I don't know if it was uh because we were schemed just to force him to try to beat us or, or just to get to him right away. Seemed like we did blitz a lot when rewatched, which is funny for us to say because at least on the B team, we were always complaining about the lack of blitzes and pressure and all that stuff. And now we get a bunch of it and SDSU fans as a whole, we've all been complaining. Blitz more, blitz more, blitz more. Let's get some pressure on the quarterback. Now we blitz a bunch, and now we're all bitching about blitzing too much. And it's just – they're, they're damned if they do
1: and damned if they don't. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I agree. And, and some of the hits that Stone took as well, you know, oh. there was the one fake pass that Stone just got lit up on. There was the Bach hit. That everyone's going nuts about for targeting, which hit, he hit him in the chest. I don't I don't get it necessarily. Right. Um, it just it uh I mean I have so much respect for Stone Lebanowitz now. I know we all made fun of him for his like fishing thing earlier in the season, but right. I mean what a tough guy that uh, that really, really impressed me with his arm. And and it's funny because SIU heading into the season, who are you thinking about? You're thinking about Javon Williams Jr. Uh, Ramir Elliott yeah. you know this this three-headed monster they've developed at running back with Justin Strong as well and we held all three of them to a 2-5 average like that's insane right <laughs> you take that every time no. and
0: <laughs> yeah a hundred and you know And we got a comment here from uh, Brad. I think he said it's Koenig, I believe, because I heard him say it at the tailgate the other day, even though we all read it as Koenig because of Corey Koenig. Um, But uh, drinking some chocolate milk for you, by the way, Brad. Um, (laughs) uh, He said, I don't think SCSU was overlooking SIU. The Salukis were just playing great in the first half. Hats off of them for coming so close to an upset. I agree, and I think that plays really well off with what you were saying. You could tell with the intensity of the hits. Um, Mm -hmm. first off, you could tell that that, um, ref crew was completely out of their league. I'm pretty, that was a big sky or not big sky. It was a big self-officiating crew. And, um, I, I figured that out through that. That took a while. Don't ask me how they also ref AV ACC games. So you'd think they'd be better than that, but they weren't. Um, but it was like the violence of those hits by surprise and not to get off to my main point of just the tenacity that we were playing with, especially on the defensive side, it wasn't an overlooking thing. Mm -hmm. Like we were geared up and ready to play. And Don Gardner, how many times is it where your best cover corner delivers some of the nastiest hits on the field? Yeah. I mean, he, Some of those guys had a family, all right. He (laughs) tried to take them away. Like, holy smokes, it was amazing. (laughs) I got Brad's name right. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, he played. He really did play lights out. He was extremely physical, anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially the second half, he was great on defense.
1: Yeah, I I think was that it was either Williams or Strong that he just lit up in the second half on a on kind of a draw. Headed, it was SIU was headed south, yeah. and that was awesome. Like that, <laughs> yeah. It I uh, yes. you know Ramirez Elliott Ooh. hurt his arm or shoulder uh, in that first half, and so that kind of stinks that we didn't get to see him yep. um anymore. Because yeah, he's a he's a good player. So I'm we get him back in in Brookings next next fall, and I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure Nick is going to have something cooked up for us then. So
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, he. I, I mean, Nick Hills. I I think he's a hell of a coach. Um, Mitchell mm-hmm. McLean says Don's the best tackling corner I've ever seen at SDSU. Um, you know, I don't I don't remember that far back. It's probably because it hits to the head and alcohol. But um, I, he's a stud, <laughs> man. He he played a great game. Uh, you know, it, he was a lot of fun to watch that game. Um, even with you know, I mean, when when a quarterback's on fire like Stone Labanowitz was. You can, I think, sometimes it's hard to completely judge a secondary based off of that one game. But Matt Zimmer, in when he was talking to Dallas and Kyle, brought up a good point. I mean, how many good have we seen are actually in the valley right now? Everybody, it seems like almost every team is sophomore or freshman, mm-hmm. so you don't have a lot of really high end quarterback play. Like we're going to see coming in this weekend, um, mm-hmm. um, to root against it as well, and that, I think that's a fairly fair point. So I don't know. I don't know how to react to that. How do you feel about how the that went down? What, do you think that was a scheme thing or just we were struck, We went in the groove.
1: Yeah, it. You know, I, I haven't watched the replay. I'll I'll be honest on that. Watching it live, um, we were doing a lot of things in the secondary with our safeties. Um, it, it seemed mm-hmm. like, and so I'm just not sure if, if we were doing too much, you know, coach Stig talks about that all the time. Maybe we're, we're doing too much. Um, I'm not, I'm just not sure where the breakdown was in the passing game. If it was the, the linebackers not getting depth where they're supposed to be in the zones, if it was just the corners, not passing guys off. Right. Um, cause there was times even, right. um, I remember one pass specifically stone rolled out to the right and Logan, um, who's phenomenal, you know, our, one of our best defensive player this year, I Mm -hmm. think for the last two years, I'd argue he just kind of kept drifting with him. And, but, but there was also someone else there that could have taken stone, but Logan kept drifting and the receiver cut right behind him and had a nice, a nice gain there. So it just felt odd. um, At you know, some of the stuff that was and wasn't happening in the game. And again, I haven't gone back and watched the film, uh, life, uh, but, but it's, it just, I don't know. I just don't know what it was. <laughs> that was a no answer there. Sorry about that.
0: <laughs> right. Way to go. Holy smokes. Like you're trying to be a politician here. Super soft dancer. On- <laughs> <laughs> no, um, <laughs> right. but uh, no, and I, I'm sure the team will t- be the first one to tell you they want to tighten that up. Offensively, um, you know, it's been interesting to me that the la- to the last couple games um, that Gronowski's had a hard time hitting post over the middle that he mm-hmm. seemed to hit all the time in the first mm-hmm. half of the season for sure, you know, before we had the big layoff and everything like that. Um, and you, you can tell he's hitting it. Like regularly in practice and things like that, and he's good at that. Just mm-hmm. it's not clicking in the game right now. Otherwise, they wouldn't call it over and over because they know it's going to hit. And yeah. outside of that, and you know, he had some accuracy issues in the first quarter. The, that young man, it just with how he ran the ball. I mean, kudos to the coach for going. Yeah. All right, we got to settle him down. Let's let's let him go hit somebody. And let's let him run over a linebacker a couple times to get the jitters out. Um, He, he ran with like, he did not like we, he was not going to allow us to lose that game.
1: Yeah. One thing my dad uh, pointed out between the quarterbacks when they ran, it felt like every time when Stone ran, he, he was getting lit up at the end of it. Every time Mark runs, he's delivering the blow. Like, I don't know if that's something you've noticed, Mm -hmm. but even when it's only a four or five yard gain, um, it's never like a devastating hit. It's a it's a normal football tackle where uh, two men are, are, you know, running in against each other Mm -hmm. and it's not like a major hit. But it it was just a noticeable difference uh, between the two running styles, between the two quarterbacks. Mark is very controlled and uh, he's the one that's delivering the blow a lot of times.
0: Yeah, I think uh, uh Zimmer said it pass either with Kyle and uh and and Dallas or or maybe it was his, his on his podcast. Um Mark runs like a running back. And mm-hmm. I think that's the difference cuz you, you know, you watch most of your quarter either they're a getting lit up, B they're just good at avoiding contact and look like they're about to get lit up. Whereas you watch Mark run it's not. It does not feel in any form or fashion like a quarterback running. I tried to describe it to people, where, who, and it's, it's like, oh, you want to be careful about him running, and you don't get that feeling watching no. him run like you do with most quarterbacks running, where you're scared, like, oh, God, he's gonna get whacked, you know? It with him, mm-hmm. the way he just it's his mentality. Um, I, i'd assume that some of it bringing that nat nasty to his to running and wanting to deliver the hit yeah you just feel a lot feel really calm watching him run the ball you're more excited about what will have,
1: might happen yeah yeah and i don't you know i don't understand for sure if it's just a if it's a numbers issue um but i don't get how these quarterback powers can be so successful over and over and over again. Maybe they won't be this week against Delaware, yeah. and I wish I hadn't said that. But its it doesn't seem like it should be that hard to defend. <laughs> but it is. Well, well, I think it
0: is. You're exactly right. It's a numbers issue because normally when you run a, a play to one side or the other, you got, you're planning for locked safety or whatever and expecting your running back to make a move, whereas on a quarterback power, you're not down a man. So you actually end up with a numbers advantage compared to your normal power. So I think that makes a huge difference. And then on a lot of them, they're pulling a couple backside guys. And yeah, it's uh, it, it's a lot of fun to watch that play develop. And you can sometimes see when it's happening. If you, you can count the numbers, I think some of it they're calling off of how many defenders are on. The short side or strong side, and if it's an advantage for us in the first place, and you can almost tell when it's going to happen. Got them outnumbered on one side or the other.
1: Pull mm-hmm. up oh, Rick's comment. That's good.
0: Yeah, that is a good. Yeah,
1: one. Um, Rick. Rick says Mark reminds me of how Troy Anderson from Montana State ran. Excellent point. Yes, yes. very similar. Yep. Except Mark doesn't play linebacker yet. So.
0: Yeah, he throws better <laughs> too. I'd like to point that yeah. out. He does he does throw better to play off of Mitchell's comment of Mark's uh, passing numbers are very similar to Heidi and Gibbs, but is what takes him to the next level. And I yep. I uh hundred percent uh agree <laughs> Kurt Lickis, uh, and with Kurt Licus, there may be something about the dudes he runs behind in the equation. No, no, it's all mark, everything's Mark. Haven't you been paying attention, Kurt? Of course. Kurt, yeah, bro. we're only
1: we're only 20 minutes in. I'm sorry we haven't talked about the offensive line yet. That was scheduled for minute 21. Okay, Kurt. So and, and now
0: now you've now for now you've thrown them. Way to go. Uh <laughs> terrible. No. <laughs> uh no, he's right. He's right. Uh yeah. you know, we haven't had a game. Uh I, I should I stats up too. I know it's the last four games now. Oh, voice is starting to go already. Um, for at least the last four games now, uh, we've ran for over two hundred yards.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I mean, Southern Illinois that game they were—that's all they wanted to do is all they wanted to do was stop the run game. So for us to rush for what we did against them was—I mean, it's it—that's it, all the credit to the line. It really. You, you know, um, uh, he does awesome things and he, he breaks tackles and things like that, but none of this happens. We don't have Isaiah, Isaiah Davis's style, Pierre strong style. I don't care which one it is. It doesn't work. If you don't, if you've got guys in the backfield every play and that's, that's not, that hasn't happened for a while. Um, and that's my number one thing I'm going to be watching against Delaware. Um, See how we do there. It seems to me, some in my recollection, we have a hard time with odd fronts for whatever reasons. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, the, we got a nasty one coming in, and we're going to need them boys. We need them boys. They, they are going to be the difference between a three-point game and a forty-point
1: blowout. Yeah, the, the, the one good thing is it feels like we've played a lot of odd fronts this year, uh, right? you know yes. uh, it, it it it's yeah, just it does. i it felt it feels like the only odd front team used to be SIU that was in the valley and now yeah. you know you and i is yeah. pretty much exclusively gone to that UND runs that mm-hmm. USD runs that we didn't play USD this year but you know it it just is kind right. of weird how there's been this shift um and we you know talked about that years ago that it's easier to recruit a linebacker than it is a 300 pounds nose guard so Right, uh, Maybe that's why teams are doing it. I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, this this Delaware, are we moving on to Delaware? Or do we still want to talk about you and her SIU some more?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, we can move on. This, okay. We're the B team, is man. It- Go where you want. I know Kurt said he hates to get us off our tight schedule, and I don't believe him. But, uh, yeah, we'll, our schedule is what we want to make it. You know, We were going to talk about the O-line at 21 minutes, and we fast-tracked it to 20 and a half. So yeah, we're flexible, yeah. man. Let's let's charge so, on. So, let's do some
1: <laughs> let's talk the clucky so, birds. Sounds good. So again, this defensive front for them is uh is interesting because the three guys that start aren't huge. I mean they're they're six right. two, two sixty-five, uh, but they remind me of UND's front and how they attack. Um, you know, in SIU last week they were without a number of their bigger guys. Uh Chucky Sullivan right. was out. Uh they lost another guy earlier in the season and then they lost Agnew, like on the first series of the game. Their other big defensive alignment, so they had uh-huh. like three freshmen in there who were maybe, you know, 260 soaking wet. Uh right. And and they were slippery for that first half and it did take the second right. until the second half for the hogs to really lean on them and start getting some push. So I'm curious on this Delaware defensive line um, what we're going to see, you know, like, because they have some depth. Yeah. Um, they, they do have, you know, six, seven guys that play. So, and, and they all look produ- yeah. fairly productive. Um, yeah. What are you I, seeing already from them?
0: You know, I went and I've rewatched that, their, their game against Jacksonville State multiple times in – It seems I never catch them on defense (laughs) because they got Jacksonville State off off the off the field. Like I mean, Mm -hmm. now to be fair, Jacksonville State lost lost a little bit. They lost their starting quarterback to a non-contact injury with an ACL, Mm -hmm. rolling to his left, and just blew it out, making a juke on a guy. If that gives anybody nightmares, so that's what happened to Jacksonville State a little bit. That is not they would not have won if they had their starting quarterback, from what mm-hmm. I watched. That defense, they were they were having their way with them. Um Jacksonville State had some fans who were like, just run the ball on them. You'll you'll smoke them. Well, you say that, but Jacksonville State only ran for 109 yards, and I think 70 of them were off of one play. So um mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. but you know, when, I, when when you do watch their defense, that and like you were talking about their line, it reminded you of UND. All, all I could think was UND, UND. And, um I mean, that was our lowest output game offensively this season, I believe, I remember. So yeah. that does make me a little nervous. Now, on the same token, I think one um, who's not a Delaware or UND fan watching this would agree that that, that was probably worst um our worst game against UND. Uh yeah. but yeah, coming in, I mean, they're I'm interested to see what happens because they're allowing right now 114 yards a game on the ground and they're 109 a game through the air. Well, at least that was their stats through the CAA schedule. And they played the toughest CAA slot, slate by a lot. I actually am in a minority opinion where I think Delaware is better than James Madison. That's my opinion. I could be completely wrong. Um, But that's my hot take. I think Delaware is better than James Madison. I'm extremely happy. They have to travel all the way out here on a short week. Um, But yeah, their defense is nasty. And I think um, I'm I'm really curious to see what happens. They seem like a team that wants to lean force pass and that hasn't worked particularly well for anyone that we've faced so far against this.
1: Yeah. I did have to uh you know just comment on their linebacking core. Uh you know again they run this 3-4 3-3-5 like just it's it's weird. Right. Um and it is. And uh <laughs> and they have Nine linebackers who have substantial stats on the season, you know, not just like scrub stats. Um, so I mean, they stay fresh and these guys all, I mean, I think out of the nine, I think four or five of them have a sack or two, um, interceptions forced fumbles. I think I commented on that in the blog just that they forced so many turnovers, uh, 11 interceptions Mm -hmm. this year. Um, I mean they're 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 going they're ripping at the ball. They have a ton of fumbles. They've been aggressive um playing games and getting to the quarterback. They had 5 sacks against Jacksonville State. So their defense we better show up to play. So yeah.
0: yeah. I mean Kurt Kurt was talking about the hogs. They they better they're the ones that yep. this is going to ride on because the um and, you know, Chuck Redder said, you know, I marvel at Mark's vision, sense of calm. As a true freshman, the type of development usually mm-hmm. takes a few years. So we are watching something special. Mm-hmm. Ox O-line and wide receivers are providing some great downfield blocking, too, which I 100% agree. Um, right now, however, I don't think we want to lean on having Mark have to air it out to win. And that's yep. not how we're built. I mean, we've got... Him, I mean, uh, we got three-headed Moss running behind, in my opinion, the best and nastiest offensive line in the country. So mm-hmm. um, we don't want to end up in a position where we've got to throw our way to a victory or end up in a shootout. Uh, so it's going to be really super important. because, and, and I got faith in this offensive far more um, at the end of the year now than the UND game with this type of defense coming in with the stunts and blitzes and things like that. Because now we're full full season mode, we're not mm-hmm. game two mode on the road.
1: Yep. And it you feels know, like that's
0: a, com- a huge difference.
1: Yeah. And it feels like compared to that UND game, we are fully committed to the run now. It still felt, you know, in that yes. UND game, we were having success throwing the ball initially. We'd had success at Against you and I, we had, we'd had we had more success in the passing game, I guess, than the run game against you and I. And so we were still trying mm-hmm. to figure out who we were as an offense. Uh, now we know. Now we know who we are. And we right. know that our offensive line can grind down opponents. We know that the Yankees can make plays. We know that our tight ends, they're starting to emerge as, as pass-catching options. Yes. I mean, Blake Coons and Tucker Craft are looking dangerous out there oh, right now. I'd love to get me. them the ball a little more. So, But I'm oh. fine running the ball everyone relax, but man, if we're, if we're looking for some options, some playmakers down the seam, uh, I mean, Tucker craft and Blake Coons are good options.
0: (laughs) Well, that's the thing. There's so many offensive weapons on this team right now that it's hard when, when you're so good at running the ball, Mm -hmm. they give them Mm that they're not necessarily going to get maybe the touches that their talent deserves. I mean, those catches by the, the tight ends that last game were probably my favorite one after the catches. I mean, all year because they were just mean, man. Yeah. That stiff arm that he threw on and spiked the defender off the ground like he was a four year old was j- mm-hmm. jumped out of the stands. So yeah. I would, and, and I'm 100% with you. If we could get them more yeah. touches, that it and, and I don't think other teams necessarily know to worry about the Yankee twins on the outside. So that mm-hmm. opens a lot of space. And now they're super worried about a running back pass because we killed NDSU with it.
1: Yep. Yeah, and uh Robert, Robert Drake uh added and Zach Hines, of course. Zach Zach doesn't have yes. the, the the yards after catch potential necessarily that, that Tucker and Blake have. Um, But yes, Zach is a tremendous option in the passing game as well. Um, He's shown this year how reliable he is if you put the ball in his vicinity. Um, So no slight on him. I didn't mean that in any way. Um, It's just right now what what I think Tucker and Blake can do with the ball in their hands in the open field is pretty special. So, yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, for sure. 100%. And, you know, maybe transitioning a little bit here, uh, Brad wants to know if Delaware's QB is 100 percent after that cheap shot on the sideline. Uh from what I watched in that game, the cheap shot on the sideline was and let's make no bones about it. Jacksonville State played dirty. They they're 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 renowned for being undisciplined, but there was some there was some cheap stuff in there. Uh that cheap shot was uh, uh multiply if you ask me like by the NCAA or somebody else but that didn't seem to be the one that hurt him uh he had a uh from what i remember hearing during the broadcast an ac joint problem on his non throwing hand mm-hmm. from a time he got smacked in the backfield um i'm, I'm curious how he's going to handle cuz their quarterbacks a problem he's a little bit mark like um he's not he's not as good of a pure runner but boy, that kid can scramble. He, he almost reminds me of maybe a better stone LeBanowitz. <sighs> there it's really going. Um, and he's
1: bigger. He's bigger, right? He's, he's one 195. Yeah. And you know, this year he has completed 69% of his passes for 1300 yards, 10 TDs, four interceptions. And then you mentioned running the ball. Um, he has 176 gross yards um, and two TDs. So he he is a dangerous weapon there. I mean, as long as sixteen yards, I think. But yeah, he uh, he's yeah a, a player to watch uh, for sure. But then the other injury is their you know all C CAA player of the year. Their running back, um, you know, he right. twe- got his ankle tweaked. Dejan Lee, five uh, seven one eighty five. Mm. Um, he got his ankle tweaked, and you can you can come back on those ankle injuries in the same game. But, damn, they sometimes hurt the next day. And they do take a while. We know they take a while. Um, So I'm guessing both of those two have been doing lots of uh, physical therapy and and trying to get their bodies right. And then, you know, sticking right in the center of their offensive line, their center, dealing with back spasms. And he was in and out of the game. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, we saw that against Holy Cross in the opening round, their center. I'm not sure if you noticed this, Brendan, but he was on the sideline in and out of the game uh, with the massage gun on All his back. Right. The trainer was working on him the whole game. And so, I mean, we have some big boys in the middle. You don't want a bad back uh, facing no. those guys. So, <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm really interested um, in their and, injury and what, status.
0: Right. I mean, and especially a center. You know, a center is so huge to an offensive line. They're They're basically your... Middle linebacker, quarterback at your offensive line, they're making the calls on on odds and evens fronts and, and protection calls a lot of times, things like that. Oh, key. So when you've got to rotate that guy in and out, never mind if you're doing under under snap under center snaps, um, that can throw off a whole new thing there as well. So um that's the biggest one for me to watch. Um obviously they love to try to run the football. Yep. Um, and when you have the CA player of the year who's a running back. Obviously, that's worked out for you. Yeah. Um, but the two last, last two playoff games, it it hasn't. That mm-hmm. um, Jacksonville State game was weird. Got up by two scores, and then Jacksonville State's quarterback got hurt, and they realized Jacksonville State they couldn't do anything on offense. They went from a passing offense that was super effective to just ground and pound them. And it wasn't very effective. They just were trying to grind out clock because they knew how inept Jacksonville State's offense had become without that guy quarterback. So they had like 40-some rushing attempts Mm -hmm. for two and a half yards. I personally, as a Jax fan, I'm not saying we can't be run on, but we... I mean, Sam Houston state fans are super held NDSU to 150 yards rushing and we held them to like
1: 109.
0: So Mm -hmm. NDSU. So I'm not like really worried about how we're going to stop the run game. And personally, if I was going to, if I was a coach, I would say we can handle the, the, the rush game pretty well. Let's maybe see what we can do to help again to not let them especially on third and long kill us on third and long. But looking at like Delaware's offensive line in general, back to what I originally meant to say, they didn't look they don't look like our offensive line. They didn't look that dominant. They didn't look that nasty and mean, but specifically just they're bigger guys, but they don't look as big. They're strong guys, they don't necessarily look as strong. Um, they don't, they're, they're, they they have some nastiness to them, but they're not like dominating run to the dirt nasty. It's more like they're working on it, you know? So no, they, they're very, they're very, I just don't know if there's something that I'm going to be just absolutely terrified of, you know?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, Brennan. Kyle said, don't give any bullets in board material. And now the Delaware offensive line coach is going to play that clip for them, and uh...
0: over and over again.
1: I know, <laughs> you, right? You yeah. guys aren't very. I was nasty. not complimentary
0: oh, enough. Hey, you guys um... are nasty, but like sort of nasty. <laughs> that was. I mean, to be honest, that wow, I'm going through puberty over here. To be honest, yeah. If you guys were wondering, I lost my goddamn mind at the game. It is Wednesday. And I am borderline concerned I ruptured a vocal cord. Um, But, uh, yeah, that's like the worst type of compliment. Like, no, you're like, you're all right. You're not necessarily attractive. But, I mean, you're pretty good, you know. Yeah, like yeah. What does that even mean? Yeah, no. So, yeah, sorry. Um, I guess. Uh, sorry, Delaware offensive line.
1: Or what's about to hey. happen to you? Ah, oh, I'm just <laughs> hey, pull pull up uh Josh Hoff, Joshua Hoffman's comment. <laughs> we need to settle Josh. this once and for all. <laughs> Who was number five on Saturday? So we were all wondering this too, and going kind of crazy. And like, you know, there's not a five on the Gojax directory. There wasn't a five in the program. Uh it it was driving me nuts. But yes, it's Deshaun Gales. Uh, we found that out in the second half. Okay. Uh, I think when they announced the number change, that's when the ref said San Diego State. Um, I- I'm pretty sure. So uh, he, that's when I'm, you know I'm, he got I'm booed.
0: Along the lines of. Oh uh, huh? yeah, I'm along the lines of Dallas, where during a game I'm not good at anything analytical. I'm there to scream and be irrational. So you're really good at yeah. that, and. I mean, hats off to you for that. That's phenomenal. Because then I check my uh, phone. I'm like, oh, that's what's going on. Hey, look at that.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure um, the ref said uh, number fourteen is now wearing number five, and like, it didn't. I didn't ever think of it. Um, and then, and then, yeah, and then then he said San Diego State, so I got pissed off, and I forgot that he had said or which numbers he had said. And Deshaun's not even 14, so that's where it was probably even a little more confusing. Um, right. Yeah. So it got weird. It got real. Yeah, weird. yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> but let's talk about your voice and our fans and how excellent oh, that was. Yes. Um, because we've attended lots of playoff games up in the Fargo Dome, yep. unfortunately, mm-hmm. and we've attended yep. games in Brookings. And while we know, yep. you know, those November and December games in Brookings. Uh, are filled with passionate fans and fans who are engaged. Yeah. I don't know if you'd ever say it's loud, you know, for those playoff games, but it was loud on sa- Sunday, Sunday night. Like that was yeah. loud. My, my watch, I turned on my uh, my Apple watch. I turned on my uh, my decibel thing and you know, you did. it's, you know, fairly close to my face, but it did say 110 decibels. So maybe I was just being super loud. But. Well, <laughs> well, we know what you can share, please. <laughs>
0: you, uh, uh, no um, I know exactly what you mean, though. Uh, um, and, and I hate you, you. You brought up the Fargo Dome, so this is your fault. But, um, you know, you, you talk to fans, and they have a – they'll talk about games in the playoffs. This is – x amount you know of you know this is this this was georgia southern loud or whatever and they're referring to a certain game and i think going forward people are gonna say that was southern illinois loud because i mean you could feel Mm -hmm. just the whole crowd i mean you know you talk about those winter playoff games you get loud and you're screaming and stuff and some of us just to stay warm and whatever but like there's still people sitting on their hands going, oh, this one, dude. It, I don't know if it was something about the lights and and being at night or or, or what. Um, or just everybody sensing the magnitude of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Boy, did people all come to life in that. I mean, like the, my, my buddy I brought down from Rio, He's he actually went to UND. And he was in the blue and yellow striped uh overalls that we wear just losing his mind right with us because it was so damn fun and we're dragging more people down with us awesome because I mean come on it's the semifinal and we're on the we're on the mothership so mm-hmm. I mean this game is so huge for just for so many reasons coming up and I real and it'd be amazing it'd be absolutely amazing and you know what Robert I'm I'm just going going up I'm putting that one up. He said, the people behind the the people that sit behind us, and he's very, uh, very uh, uh, pointedly saying sit behind us are always telling us to sit down. (laughs) It didn't show. Well, well, that's (laughs) handy. What I would do, you didn't hear this from me, but I would have a soda in my hand and I would jump up, very excited, and maybe. (laughs) you just get too excited and people get a cola shower <laughs> or or it could be mellow yellow and it be a golden shower. Got it in there
1: <laughs> and there it, is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Um
1: let's there it go is. to uh <laughs> Bradley, <laughs> oh man, every time, every time you say something to embarrass me when we're on the pod together, together, uh, I, I to. um, yeah, so has SDSU had a morning game before, I don't think so, an 11 o'clock game, no. obviously we had some noon games, but I don't know if ever an 11 o'clock, right. so that's kind of cool, something yeah. different again,
0: yeah, I mean, um, it's going to be fun, both clubs plan on meeting at like 7 or 6 or that's still yeah. being sorted out, apparently,
1: Chad. Yeah, it changed the time on you, uh, but you talked about um, th- this big moment, right? And and we've talked yep. about this before, like you know the the, the previous semifinals games, um, the, the the Dakota Marker game, wh- wh- it was um, ESPN Game Day. Um, Hobo day games, things like that in the past that have been huge, huge moments for our program. We haven't been great in those moments. We haven't been great. No. And so I'm hoping that this is the game where we turn the corner and we, um, yeah. seize control of all this attention that we have on us now because FCS world is watching South Dakota is paying attention. You know, I've mm-hmm. noticed a number of stories from Dakota News. Now, Matt Zimmer is doing a great job kicking out articles. Brookings Register is Mitchell Republic. Um, I'm probably missing a few, yeah. but there's a lot of folks that are tuning in. Um, you know, Matt Barry has been tweeting about the Jacks. He's him and Mike Golick Jr. are going to be doing the the commentary on the game and the broadcasting. And Matt Barry's saying he's scouting this game and he's blown away. Like this is great football. People need to be paying attention. That man has 20 million yep. followers on Twitter. And so what a huge right. chance for exposure. And it's just one of those things that you know we've we've talked about it. And and Coach Stig and and Justin Sell in the pregame last week with, with Tyler, um, Miriam. You know, they talked about this as such a huge moment for the university, for the program, yada yada. Mm-hmm. Let's use it, let's use it this time and yes. and elevate ourselves to that next tier we're so dang close
0: yeah and and you're 100% right we're especially south dakota's watching we've had so many of these moments where it's just been we weren't ready for it i think we weren't ready for it i think the ready for it the state was ready for it the motor was getting cranked over and you ever kickstart a you ever kickstart a dirt bike and you don't quite get her to kick, and then it launches back on you and smacks you in the shin, and that feels good. <laughs> uh, it, that kind of happened, right? That's kind of what happened mm-hmm. a little bit, you know? Um, and some some of that definitely can be linked to our attendance woes in this game, and, and, and Chad said it here. Um, he said about the SIU game, mm-hmm. I think it was our crowd figuring out that we can have a Summit League-type effect, and we can that's so huge. And we all want this moment. Like it, the team wants this moment as fans with this moment, and this is the one you're right at right. You can see the top of the mountain and you got that Mm -hmm. one last grab to get what you've been working for all these years. And Mm -hmm. that sometimes it just takes that little push, you know, to get Mm -hmm. you the rest of the way. That's why I'm doing that goofy contest on Twitter for students. Mm -hmm. Students, Mm -hmm. if you're listening, dress up wild for the game. And people show up for this game. And honestly, looking at ticket sales so far, they look a lot better than Sunday's games, at least looking at the map and just kind of eyeballing it. Um, But come down to the book. You can make the difference. You really can. I mean, we saw it. I mean, tell me that the crowd didn't matter and – that game last Sunday.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, tell, Southern tell Illinois all, yeah. Southern Illinois all conference guard, you know, Xavier and Furkron jumped off sides, you know, or had a false start. Yeah. So a uh, huge yeah. moment there when the, when the crowd was going nuts and that's, that's huge. So you can do that. So Brad, um, I'm not sure. I haven't seen anyone downplaying the significance of this game, maybe on Twitter, but I haven't seen that. So, um maybe some of the oh. folks up in Fargo is it McFeely uh McFooley. yeah all Mc- McFields is
0: McFeely is all up in his McPheels. uh there's a bit of a burgeoning rivalry between him and uh Sam Herder um the <laughs> Houston state uh beat writer clap back at him pretty hard because mm-hmm. uh McFeely's an idiot so that's <laughs> that's about it. Uh, I think uh, he uh, should just go and do something else. Report on uh, you know some big time program like Central Michigan uh, because that's what he really wants to do. He wants an FBS letters behind his name, and he's grumpy that he can't go fishing in the spring. And now he's butthurt that NDSU lost. Yeah. Um, should we, should we talk about deal. the other games? Yeah, and, and you mentioned 100%. NDSU. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's go Sorry through folks. And, and and how that turned out.
1: Yeah. Sorry, well, folks. We have a leg so. here for some reason. Not sure what's going on. But, yeah. Let's, yeah. Why don't you start? Yeah. You, want me, you want to start with NDSU, Sam Houston? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. NDSU got
0: their asses kicked and just happened to squeak in sp- – some special po- teams points, and Sam Houston hung on to win. The end. How about James Madison in North Dakota? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that game. Oh. that game was a lot of fun. We had it on at the tailgate.
1: Yeah, and how wild would that have been uh, if? How wild would that have been that if been NDSU had won? Like, <laughs> stupid. It just would have been stupid, you know. A, a safety, of yep. kick return. A putt, was it a part return? Yeah. Like yes. nuts. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So they scored three, three, their offense.
0: Uh, their offense did exactly nothing all game. Mm-hmm. And uh, they would have made me puke. I, I'd have been so mad. And, and I can't even imagine how bad Sam Houston State fans would have felt because they didn't just outplay them. Class them except for one fat of the game. Yeah. And that's how important special teams are. I mean, basically, Sam Houston overcame everything that happened against us against UND if you added in a couple of return kicks on top mm-hmm. of the fake punts like that. And Sam Houston managed to overcome it at home and win that, that game. I had to give away where I might pick uh, for the picks. But, um, Definitely uh think Simpson really proved a lot there. But they've got almost as much bad blood for NDSU as we do when it comes to playoffs mm-hmm. and playoff
1: mm-hmm.
0: elimination. So I mean, talk talk about a monkey off back for the Bearcats and and good for them. Good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always I, I'm really I'm uh I'm not as happy as when we would, but I'm pretty happy happy with N- when is NDSU- When NDSU loses in the playoffs, it's just that little bit better. And I was grinning the whole way. To the-
1: yeah, yeah. The, uh, you know, the, the other game, the JMU uh, UND game, I think, in my opinion, it went how I expected it to. Um, you know, JMU's been there before. Again, UND was on the road. Uh, and and I think UND's defense has, has been exposed um, a little bit. NDSU um, showed how to how to just ground and pound them, um, and and that's what James Madison did. And UND kept it respect respectable um, for a while, but really, I just think James Madison just kind of outclassed them there um, in that game. And that's going to be a heck of a game, James Madison and Sam Houston. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> yes. I, I think I think both semifinals are are, are gonna be great, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, we we had already talked kind of about JMU and or or JSU and Delaware. So on the on mm-hmm. the JMU game, yeah, I think you're right. It was it was UND on the road, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean UND, I think I said it last pod has won, I believe, two games on the road in the last two years,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is mind-boggling. It also tells you a little bit how fortunate they were this year to end up as with as highly ranked as they were, and and how they were somewhat fortunate with how the schedule fell. All the games that they had canceled seemed to be road games. Um, instead of having to play at Missouri State, then they got to play Missouri State at home in the playoffs. And I mean, good for them. I'm, I'm not taking anything away from them, but they are just. I mean. They can whine all they want about saying everybody says we're not as good away from home. Well, it's because you aren't. It's not It's not close. And so it's not terribly impressive to me what JMU did because look at what NDSU did to them at home. And NDSU, by the top two seeds now, once at home and once on the road, got absolutely dominated up and down the field outside of a couple plays, you know, the Sam Mm -hmm. Houston game, they got dominated. They got absolutely dominated that game by the, by Sam Houston. They, they stayed in with with special teams Um, and -hmm. the game against us. I mean, realistically, we dominated them on both sides of the ball and that NDSU team did the same thing, if not worse, that James Madison did to North Dakota at home. So I mean, it's a good win for James Madison, but I don't think that makes them worthy of being called the number one team in the country every time that they're on TV. A little t- tired of hearing that the number one team in the country, but the number three seed. Like, mm-hmm. sure, okay, I guess that's one way to go with it. If it, and I and I suppose they, if you're an announcer and whatnot, and you're you, you just studied up and haven't followed the whole season. I mean, that's a great storyline to talk about, but. God mm-hmm. does that bug me. And God do I hope that the guys know that's going on every game because my goodness is that it and thank God Coach Stig doesn't whine like Kurt Signetti. I, I mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of JMU. i just I think that's what that boils yeah. down to.
1: Yeah. So how do you think Sam Houston will do in a hostile environment like uh like Bridgeforth? You know, how do you uh, what do you expect out of them on the road there?
0: Well, Sam Houston's gets to be at home because they're the two seed. Oh, that's and right. Sam I'm Houston's sorry. Three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Thought- and, and here's the crazy thing. Um, since we'll do this, you know, like like normal with Ben, uh, right now, James Madison is the point-and-a-half favorite.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Just let that marinate for a second. They are a point-and-a-half favorite on the road against a coach who's never lost a home playoff game. Okay. Casey Keeler's never lost a home playoff game and Sam Houston state's never lost a home playoff game. And James Madison is favored by a point and a half at that place, which is, I mean, man, for all the chirping about not getting respect that JMU has been doing, that's a boatload of respect. There's a boatload of respect. Um, I mean what, what what are your thoughts on that? Did have you gotten a chance to catch any of those
1: games at all with so, all the madness you've got going on to deal with? <laughs> so I have, yes, a little bit. And I mean yeah. James Madison still is is what they've kind of always been, right? They wanna they wanna grind ground and pound you, yep. you know, when they when they can. Uh they're they're okay in the air. I wouldn't say, you know, that's their their bread yep. and butter. Um, but Sam Houston's offense, man. Uh they throw a lot at a team and on this short week uh yeah. an offense like that um can be really challenging I bet for a defense to prepare for. So um I think Sam Houston's going to stress that defense. We haven't gotten any weather updates from Kyle down in Texas, so I don't know what the heat's going to be like. Uh but I'm guessing that's <laughs> going to play a factor as well, you know. Um so we'll see on that.
0: So if you got a if you got a pick, are you taking, are you oh, taking sure. the points with Sam Houston or are you?
1: You know, I it, you I going am going to take Madison? Sam. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Sam Houston. I was impressed with them against NDSU. Yep.
0: Yeah, it's the same. What about you? I, I'm the same way here because I, I I'm taking Sam Houston and the points all day long because, um, if you look at that, the way James Madison wants to play offense. And the way Sam Houston is capable of playing defense, even that Monmouth game, the Sam Houston game played phenomenal defense. Like Mm
1: -hmm. they were
0: close because their offense had a hard time. And Mm -hmm. I have – and I can't believe I'm saying this because I do make fun of the Southland. And I noticed I still didn't say the D there because they don't play any defense outside of Sam Houston State. Sam Houston State has a phenomenal defense too. To have – their defense rank where it does in a conference that plays the type of offense that they do is really in. I'm, I, I, I might be saying this into the championship. I would rather James Madison wins, I think, but, um, I, I'm just really impressed with Sam. I mean, both teams are phenomenal teams, but I'm really impressed with the Sam Houston State defense. And yeah. I think that that is going to hold serve, especially at home. Um, you know they just got that big monkey off their back win against NDSU, mm-hmm. and they had a they had a full crowd for for their stadium at fifty percent, and I'm sure that's going to be reciprocated after 2016, and they went up to James Madison and had um, the Walter Payton Award winning quarterback. I can't remember his name, but that was the year he beat out Straveler. And James Madison beat the brakes off of them like they just mm-hmm. tried to steal their car. Like mm-hmm. it was brutal. So I think Sam Houston, I, I would bet I would bet Sam Houston outright in this game. Yeah, to be honest. I would too.
1: I would too. Yeah. And I think uh I think now with what we've seen from their from their defense, you can give them the D, Brendan. So
0: no, 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 no. I'm not <laughs> I'm not doing that. First off, good bait, by the way. It was a nice attempt at it. Rick Jensen says it was Briscoe. One thing I would like to point out, Robert Drake just commented, I would like to have JMU just for ticket availability. Uh, I think the majority of the FCS, that would be an appropriate comment because Sam Houston State's just down the road from Dallas. but James Madison has a fan base that travels like NDSU. So Honestly, I think it's a horse apiece for tickets for whoever wins. They, mm-hmm. I mean, James Madison has one heck of a fan base. There's a reason their stadium seats like 25 26,000 people, and it's not because they don't have people going to games. So they would travel really well. Um, they've been there before. That also helps them travel when they've been there, I believe, three of the last four national championships, Uh at least two of the last three JMU's been at. So... They know how to get there, and they know how to show up. So, and and mm-hmm. honestly, uh, the downfall of JMU. Oh, I think they banned it. They throw streamers. JMU throws streamers in the air mm-hmm. when they score touchdowns, which is really obnoxious. But I think the NCAA banned that, so they can't do that at the championship game. Yeah, but let's get to our game. All that being said, <laughs> the 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 game, the the big one, right? The 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 real deal, the one everybody's been. All been waiting for uh SDSU versus Delaware. We are favored right now based off of the lines I found, and I don't know if I used Matt or uh, Ben's official site or not, but right now, favored by eight. And yeah, the other thing I'm going to bring up that we don't normally bring up during our picks is the over under. Mm-hmm. What would you put the over under at in this game?
1: I feel like I saw it. Is it 38 and a half?
0: 37 and saw? a half. Okay. You, you, I, it it might have moved just a little bit since you saw It's it 37 and a half, and that is a low, low mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a 17-24 game. That's that's over
1: Yeah, by a lot. Yeah, and, I'm, I, and my score prediction was 24-20. So, I mean, that's 24-20 jacks. That's so, over.
0: Uh, yeah. By uh, a lot. You're over by a I bunch.
1: Yeah, on, on that 37 so, and a half jeez
0: so you would take the hands and the points then, with the 2420 prediction
1: yeah i think it's gonna be a tight game yep
0: yeah now see i think about this game and i'm i'm torn uh and word to the wise i don't know if anybody figured this out last week uh when when me or ben talk especially me uh and i feel i'm mildly superstitious about things um when i'm talking about the Jacks, any team, listen to what I say, not what I pick, okay? First off, if you're taking me for betting advice, you just don't don't stop betting. Stop betting, okay? Um, but uh, number two, about this game, like this feels like to me the old matchups for the Dakota marker or the playoffs mm-hmm. before – like the last like pre 2016 2017 right
1: okay.
0: where you have a lot of people looking at delaware and looking at us and 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 they say they're very similar all the way to the point where they're basically calling us sdsu and delaware sdsu light and that used to be the comparison <laughs> especially when we had zenner and things like that um where they were really good i mean I and and, and i'm not meaning this like I don't think I think Delaware is very good, but when you get to the semifinals, it's really you're going to have two phenomenal teams, and it's really close, right? So if you look at that, Delaware does a lot of what of what we want to do almost exactly. They use a different defensive scheme, but they want to stop the run. They want to run the ball on you. Um, They're not quite as proficient as running the ball. They're a little better at passing the ball. Um, their mm-hmm. defense is a little not quite as good necessarily on stopping the run, but still very, very good at stopping the run. I mean, what matchups does that remind you of? To me, that reminds yeah. me of the old marker game matchups. And those games always went one of two ways. It was either super, super close or it was very not close.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's where I'm torn on this game because I could see our offensive line imposing their will. Um. On a three on this defense and leaning on them over and over, especially with the amount of backers they have. And eventually, this game starts to work out really well in our favor. On the other hand, likely that it's a slugfest. All -hmm. that being said, I don't ever pick scores and I always pick the spread. And I picked against SDSU yet on the spread. So I'm going to take SDSU and eat the points. And rabbits, baby. Oh, so okay. That's, Look at that's you. my wrap up. That's bold. Um, I, I also did it last week. So did Ben. It didn't work out for it. Uh, but this week I got a lot of faith in the 605 hogs. Um, I got a lot of faith in the defense. Uh, I think that I think the Holy Cross game was li- like a, a little bit of a warning that was fairly easy to ignore when you're up 31 to 10. <laughs> Whereas, um, Whereas, uh, <laughs> on the other side of things, Ben just told us to go to Ben. We're at a minute and five. All right. You know that we never get done before an hour. You should know better than this. Anyways. Uh, and it keeps see- seeing people saying Holy Cross had success running on them. That was sacred heart that was able to move the ball on them. And they're right. Sacred heart was able to run a little bit on them. So yes, I, and that's part of the confidence I have in that. Um, and I think that Holy our Holy Cross game was kind of a warning shot across the ball that you could ignore because you won 31 to 10. I think Southern Illinois was a wake-up call where mm-hmm. you didn't have a choice. So mm-hmm. um you know, now you that's gonna be a real wake-up call. That one was kind of a nudge on the shoulder, one was a smack upside the back of the head. So I think the defense is really gonna wake up and come to play. Um, I don't think Delaware necessarily has the most explode. I don't know. It, but I think that's ben fair. here. Yeah, I want to end with fair. this. Ben said he'll take the Jacks and the point 31 to 17. He has thrown out, uh, for the record, I want everyone to know, it was the last time Ben was the first out a points prediction instead of just picking against the spread? We all know how our hearts happen. So, Anyone who dies of a heart attack this weekend, it's all Ben's fault. So if he wasn't even here <laughs> and he's going to manage to give somebody a heart attack, boo, damn yeah. way to go. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, um, a <laughs> minute seven. Do you have anything uh, more that I, I missed as I was rambling yeah. incoherently?
1: No. No. So just a couple more things to check out um, this week on, on Friday. We have. Uh, our weekly what to watch and we all feel that our what to watch is one of the best things we do um, and sets you up to really walk into the stadium uh, knowing what to kind of look for and then um, we also have a really exciting podcast on Friday coming out uh, it'll be yes. you know about sometime on Friday um, I'm going to be doing an interview with Matt Barry of ESPN, the guy who's uh, calling the game, and that's tomorrow. Yeah, we're recording tomorrow. Stop. <laughs> and then Dallas, get, the second yeah. half of the podcast, is going to be—I uh, I don't know his name—but he's from the Blue Hen Radio, so he's there. He's—he's he's Delaware's uh, Tyler Merriam, I think. Um so yeah kind of yeah. exciting to have that conversation and uh should be good listening to to learn more about what ESPN's looking at as well as what uh the Delaware perspective so I'm really excited about both of those interviews that's going to be out Friday so give it a listen
0: So are you going to be uh, recording live with Matt Barry or are you going to just be recording the pod and putting it out there
1: Uh just recording the pod probably because we had Just we gotta merge the, the two, yeah. We gotta merge right, them together, right? So yeah. So all
0: all of you listening, no
1: questions.
0: You get no I questions.
1: Can... <laughs> oh come on! I, I'll put out like a DM me questions or, or interviewing Matt Berry. What questions do you have, Brendan? <laughs> See how the maths
0: are when the maths get together. Nobody questions us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so getting uh, cut pay for this. Yeah, right. Yeah. Someday. Uh, I'm just giving you a hard time. I am really excited to see that interview. Um, absolutely incredible uh guest to get on the show, someone like Matt Berry. I mean, that's that is unreal. So really excited to see that, and of course, Dallas's interview. Um, with the Blue Hens Radio Network should give us a lot better insight into the Blue Hens than I can ever give. Mm -hmm. So really excited to listen to both of those on Friday on my drive down to Sioux Falls. Yep,
1: Excellent. I'm I'm excited for this weekend. Last week, you know, it felt like forever to get to Sunday at 8 p.m. This week is already flying. Tomorrow's Thursday. And then Saturday at 11 a.m. is going to come quick. So let's go, baby.
0: Yes, sir. Let's go. So, with that, we'll end it as we always do. Go big. Go go blue. Go blue. Go Jacks. Go Jacks.